You're listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Join your hosts, Michael and Jenna, as they discuss all things ORAU through interviews with our experts who provide innovative scientific and technical solutions for our customers. They'll talk about ORAU's storied history, how we're impacting an ever-changing world, and our commitment to our community. Welcome to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Good morning and welcome to Further Together, the ORU podcast. I'm Michael, and as always, here with my co-host, Jenna. Good morning. How's it going? It's going. (laughs) It has been a week. (laughs) Well, we're here for another exciting episode of our fantastic podcast with another one of our favorite people, Eric Abelquist. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I hope I can live up to keeping this exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I've got no doubt. No doubt whatsoever. So, Eric, who are you in the world of ORU? Who is Eric (laughs) Abelquist? What do you do here? Okay. What do you bring to the table? That's a fair question. (laughs) Let's start at the very beginning, right? uh, Well, I, uh, I became an employee at ORU in 1993, and my claim to fame was... I had an interview postponed because of the great blizzard of 1993 when everything was shut down on the the eastern seaboard. So I couldn't leave Connecticut where I was to come for my interview. But but graciously, uh, Dan Stanley said, that's okay. There was nobody here to talk to you anyway. (laughs) So, yeah, so it started back in 1993. And for my first 16 years, I was with IEAV. And so I was, I'm a health physicist, radiological health physicist, and I was hired on as a project leader to go to different sites across the country to perform independent verification of cleanup. And I did that for a number of years, eventually rising to the level of vice president of the survey program, as I like to refer to it. Mm -hmm. And during that period of time, had the opportunity to work with a lot of great folks, um, deploying our skill set and making sure that all the decommissioning, whether it's with the Department of Energy or with the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, was done well. I like to say that we were the good housekeeping seal of approval. Nice. We come in at the near the end of the project and make sure that everything was done well so that when the property is finally turned over to whatever future use, it can safely be reutilized, reindustrialized, whatever the intent may be. So that took me to 2009. And then when the current boss came on board, we know boss is uh, <laughs> Andy Page, right. uh, we had been um, both program directors, so I worked with Andy as he was uh, vice president for the national security programs and when he was selected as our next CEO, he asked uh, me sometime after that if I would be willing to come and work with him as executive vice president. I of course said yes, that would be a great <laughs> opportunity. And so for the last, gosh, it's been 10 years, just wow. about 10 years, working with Andy on a host of different uh, strategic initiatives, different areas, and the most late, the most recent activity has been to re-energize our research program. So for the last uh, three or four years, I've been working very closely with Dr. Arlene Garrison, who's our Vice President for University Partnerships, and really trying to make our university partners 
more real to ORAU staff, to mm -hmm. ORAU right. employees. And it's been super exciting to see all the different ideas come in from our university partners to create more research opportunities for ORAU. So just quickly, that's who I am. I've been here 26 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the great things about ORAU is that rarely are you doing the same thing year to year, Absolutely. not even month to month sometimes. Yeah. And so uh, I'm, a, I'm a poster child of being able to really change my careers without changing jobs, yeah. right? right? It's, it's, it's really been a blessing. So you mentioned um, re-energizing the research program mm -hmm. at ORAU. Um, for those people listening that might not know the history of ORAU, give us kind of a quick background. ORAU used to be really into research. research. You've and, done your homework. Well, you know, I try to prepare when, <laughs> when we have guests coming in. So so take us kind of a quick uh, timeline back to what ORU used to do and why that's so exciting for you to re-energize and, you know, uh, uh, bring that back up now. Yeah, that's a great question to keep this exciting because I'm, <laughs> real, I'm real excited about how we're able to connect our, our present and our future with our roots, mm -hmm. and it goes back to why we were created in the first place. Uh, William Pollard uh, was a physicist at the University of Tennessee and had an idea that right at the end of the Manhattan Project, there was this great new knowledge in the atom and right. uh, atomic energy and how to make that more accessible to universities in the South. And so we created, um, Dr. Pollard created, the Oak Ridge Institute of Nuclear Studies, ORINS. And that was back in 1946. And we started early on providing an opportunity for, res for uh, faculty researchers and students to have access to Oak Ridge National Laboratory, which at the time was called Clinton Laboratories. And so early on, ORAU played an important role of connecting researchers from academia with Oak Ridge National Lab. And in the process, we developed a capability of looking at the different missions in the programs at ORNL mm -hmm. and how we could leverage them for our own research. And probably the most interesting and successful example of that was ORNL produced radioisotopes, mm -hmm. right? At one time, they had as many as 10 or 12 research reactors operating at the lab. Mm -hmm. And some of these research reactors produced radioisotopes of all different varieties. And one of our research interests was, how can we take these radioisotopes and assess which ones are most beneficial for the treatment of cancer? And so that's something that ORAU did, started out in Orange, but actually through our name change in 1966 right. as ORAU, mm -hmm. we continued to look at the frontiers of use of radioactivity and radiation to treat cancer. And we have a had a facility in Oak Ridge where for over a decade, we would identify the best way to use these radioisotopes to treat cancer. Cool. And that was cutting-edge research Absolutely. for ORAU. Yeah. That's great. And so, really, we're, so I've been here for two years. Um, 
and you know, some of, some of my favorite work in working with you has been talking about some of the different research projects that have been going on either through our visiting faculty research program or our ORU-directed research um, projects. And we're still doing exciting research. It's certainly different. It's not, you know, we're not trying to cure cancer these days, you know, or treat cancer. Um, but there's a lot of great research taking place that is meaningful not only to health physicists and sort of the nuclear industry, but to the public at large. And talk a little bit about um, kind of the overall research enterprise and where we are today. I know we're sort of putting a new face, I guess, on our, you know, research. You know, we have a new a research-specific page on our website now. That's and, right. And that sort of thing. So so talk about that. You're re-energizing research. Re-energizing research. Yeah, yeah. And part of, the, part of the trick has been how do we engage our employees, right? And let me just start by just taking a little bit of a sidebar sure. really quickly. And you can rein me in if this goes too far. <laughs> but uh, when I started at ORU back in the 90s, Early on, I had a terrific opportunity to connect both the mission that I was doing, working with my colleagues for independent verification, and so we were doing an important mission for the NRC and for the Department of Energy, making sure that these sites were adequately mm -hmm. cleaned up. At the same time, the government was leading a charge to make more consistent efforts of how surveys were done in the United States and ORAU had a seat at the table. And so we were funded for five or six years to look at how we do surveys, both the instrumentation that we use, the procedures that we deploy, and really improve them. And so we had research funding from both the NRC primarily and some from the Department of Energy to develop this multi-agency manual that EPA, the states, NRC, DOE, Department of Defense, all would agree is how you do a survey. So we helped develop that, and that was absolutely research. And so I thought I had the best job in the world at the time because not only was I able to do research that was very interesting and able to publish some papers and be perceived as a thought leader, but I got to exercise all of this new cutting edge research in my day job. Yeah. Right. And so to me, that's what I thought ORU was in a number of different areas across everything we do. Whenever we can combine research that keeps us at the forefront, mm -hmm. keeps us innovative in how we satisfy our customers' mission, mm -hmm. that's a sweet spot. It, it, it helps engage our employees so that they're more excited about the work they do. It helps us to maintain happy customers mm -hmm. that want to keep coming back to us because we don't just say, well, we developed this back in 1986 and we don't do anything different. This is just what you get when you work with us. No, that's not the way we do things here. We want to continue to innovate, to continuously improve. And I'm convinced that one of the best ways to stay at the forefront of what we do is to do research, which helps us to be more innovative. Yeah. So one of the attributes that most companies would look at us and be envious of is our university partners. Sure. We have 125 mm -hmm. university partners, and when we started the ORAU Directed Research and Development Program, ODRD, we, we, we borrowed a page from the national labs that have LDRD, which mm -hmm. is Lab Directed Research and Development, and we're now in our fourth year 
of ODRD. And what that allows is our employees, our university members, to think about collaborative research. And what the program does is it forces collisions between our, our programs and our university researchers to work on innovative research that's of interest to our university and of interest to us so that we can do some exciting research that helps expand our research, helps expand our thought leadership, and ultimately helps us grow our business. That's yeah. the ultimate goal of this whole revitalization of our research. Excellent. It might be a little too early, <laughs> but I know you. Um, we've just announced the award of some ODRD projects. I know we probably don't want to get into specifics at this point um, until they get closer to sort of launching their projects, but um, talk about some of the kinds of projects that have been done, I guess, over the four years, if you can. Sure, sure. So th like I said, this is the beginning of our fourth year of the ODRD program. Um, we've been in the habit of making five awards, and so again, this year, we just awarded uh, five ODRDs to um, universities and um, partner programs. They're going to kick off. In fact, we have the kickoff meeting next week, so mm -hmm. they're, they're just getting started. But uh, one of the really interesting things about the program is that not only are they innovative ideas for research that we're interested in, but one of the key criteria for being awarded is that these are pilot programs. They're, they're seed grants mm -hmm. to do some very defined scope of work with the idea that the partners, the collaborators, can then go to a funding agency, a federal agency, and say, we just did this, and we came up with these very interesting outcomes. There's more that we need to do. Would you be interested in funding this research? Mm -hmm. And so I look at it as a funnel. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're filling up the funnel of these ODRD projects. And I'll give you a good example of, of a successful full cycle project. Two years ago, we had a partnership with University of Florida and uh, Dr. Balaji and our cytogenetics biotosymmetry lab. Right. And what the, and this gets over my head really quickly, so I'm gonna talk <laughs> in, in pretty general, general terms. But basically the, the PI at the University of Florida had developed an aptitude and a skill set in 3D printing live tissue, wow. Wow. which is amazing. When I first heard <laughs> that, I said, yeah, I thought printing a nice sports car like they did at the Oak Ridge National Lab <laughs> yeah. was cool, yeah. which it is. That Cobra it is, is beautiful. Cool. But uh, 3D printing something that's alive, it's like, I haven't seen that movie yet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so they can do that. And, and it's not only at Florida, but a lot of places can do this. But what made this partnership so unique for us is that we are really good at understanding what's happening with low-dose radiation mm -hmm. and what the repair mechanisms are. And it's a very ripe area of research for the country. Mm -hmm. And so this ODRD was looking at University of Florida, 3D printing various tissue types of different organs and then irradiating it with x-rays and then studying what's going on. How cool. Right, how, 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 right under a microscope, can we see how this living tissue is able to start the whole repair process? And like I said, it gets over my, my head pretty quickly, <laughs> but where I can see the dots connecting very appropriately 
is NASA is planning to go to Mars, right? That, right. That's very exciting right. for, uh, for mankind to mm -hmm. think that we can have a mission to Mars. One of the really big challenges, if not the biggest challenge, is how do we make it safe for our astronauts? on that deep space mission where there's a lot of radiation. Mm -hmm. Once you get outside of our protective atmosphere, radiation levels are really high. And so better understanding what's going on at the tissue level, at a cellular level, level with exposure to radiation and coming up with ways to mitigate that, ways to protect the astronaut. So getting back to this ODRD, they applied for a grant from NASA and we don't know what the final story will be, but it looks very encouraging that we're going to receive an award for external funding for this team that got together back in 2017 to work on this ODRD seed grant. That's amazing. That's exciting. Very cool. Absolutely. Very cool. Yes. Okay, so that's the ODRD program. We also have another kind of sector of this new research uh, revitalization, and that is our VFRP program. Yeah, that so must stand for something. It, it, it you know, it should. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about that. Maybe the name of it first would be. Yeah, helpful. we can start there with the name. <laughs> the, the Visiting Faculty Research Program. And it, this started, again, a couple of years ago, pr probably three years ago. We're going to our third summer. And the, the genesis of the program was how can we better connect our faculty in a specific program with one of their students working with a subject matter expert here at ORU. And what we looked at this program as being able to do is that in some of our core subject matter expert areas, the pipeline is getting a little thin. Mm -hmm. it's, it's getting harder and harder to hire people in certain professions. Right. And one of those professions that we know um, very well is radiological health physics. And so the VFRP is a way to partner with a school in the first two years we did University of Tennessee, uh, Kentucky, Kentucky, University of Tennessee, LSU. Yes. Um, we, we've looked at a number of other schools, but we've not made that connection yet. And the way the program worked is we would have a student basically here with us over the summer. So it's like a summer intern, but it's more than that. Mm -hmm. We would actually have two mentors for that student. One would be their faculty advisor, and we would provide a faculty fellowship award for the faculty member. And that faculty fellow would work with our subject matter expert, whether it's in REACTS or IEAV, mm -hmm. whoever it happened to be, jointly mentoring the student. And so the student's getting the benefit of, of dual mentorship and also getting the benefit of seeing some of the cool things we do yeah. here at ORAU. And what it does is the next year we do it, we have a different student, but we have the same faculty fellow. And so the idea was to build this deeper relationship with a school with a particularly particular faculty member with the idea that as we have need to hire more people mm -hmm. and grow our capability in a particular discipline we've really strengthened our relationship in a particular discipline at a school that we know is producing right. graduating this expertise that we need to hire yeah. what i loved about the vfrp because i've gotten to meet i think all of the students who have participated in the last couple of years is 
they're interns, but as you said, there's so much more than that. I mean, they're doing some really amazing bench side applicable research that that makes a difference. Yeah. Um, I mean, last year we had a, a student from LSU and one of the one of the challenges at ORAU is we are so mission focused on our customers needs mm -hmm. that while we do research, it's always a challenge of how can we do more research right. with the finite bandwidth that we have still doing what I call our day jobs mm -hmm. to, to make sure that we're delivering what it is we're providing as professional service providers. And so having students come on board, researchers, dedicated researchers is absolutely beneficial to us. And so last year, one of the list of research topics that REACTS wanted to work on, but challenged to get time to do it, was uh, precisely what this researcher from LSU worked on, and it was looking at uh, depth of wound contamination. What REACTS does is whenever there's a radiation emergency, um, our folks are the responders. They are the ones that receive the calls, they're the ones that deploy quickly, and if there's a contamination event, um, and let's say that the, the victim, the patient, has a wound, one of the criteria is let's remove the contamination as quickly as possible. Right. But early on, it's difficult to know what is the depth of contamination in the wound, and without you know, going into any kind of details that are not appropriate. <laughs> uh, one of the things we can do is understand what the radionuclide is, what its radiation emissions are, and by doing a study without um, going into the wound itself, mm -hmm. assessing how deep the contamination may be. And so that was really valuable research for the student but it was exceptionally useful for us right. to have that information. Yeah. And so that's the nature of the VFRP. It's a, it's a mutually beneficial program that certainly helps the school and helps the student on their um, master's thesis or PhD thesis, PhD dissertation, and it helps us get some research done that we can directly apply to what we're providing for our customer. Yeah. There is so much going on in research. We could, <laughs> we could talk about this for hours, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> but we do want to have you back, Eric, when um, the new round of ODRD projects um, get underway. Start, yeah. Um, yeah, we no, I'd be happy. We definitely want to have back. you back and, and talk more about that. So is there anything that you want to say today um, before we wrap things up? And I, I think you introduced it very well. There's a, a lot going on in research at ORAU. We're really trying to communicate more just the different ways people can engage. And I'll yeah. just say a couple of things. We have a research interest group that meets periodically, periodically meaning maybe every couple of months. Okay. And so that's one way for employees that are interested in finding out what's going on to attend one of the rig meetings as we call them. How do they know, how would they know about when those meetings are? Would they get in touch with you or is it posted? They, they could do that. We have a research intranet site okay. Okay. where we announce when the next RIG meeting is, which is next week, by the way. Uh, we also announce it on our ORU news. Mm -hmm. There's also opportunities for um, 
funding to support publications, presentations, attending professional meetings. So all of this information, if, if you're interested in learning more, go to our research intranet site and you'll find a, a host of information wealth of information on research. Okay, awesome. and what about for those people that are listening that don't work here I at ORU? I was just gonna Look say. Look at us, we're on the same page. <laughs> that, you know, maybe are interested in reaching out, maybe it's a someone, a, a faculty member at a school. How would they go about doing that? Would they get in touch with you? Would they contact Arlene, Dr. Arlene Garrison? How, what's the best way for them to? Both to, of those ways would work. Okay. Um, on our, our webpage, the ORU, Web page. We just added a research page to, to better highlight what it is we're doing Perfect. in research. And so, if they just click on that that research uh, label at the top of our page, mm -hmm. that provides a, a good explanation of what we're doing in research. And certainly, our contact information is available mm -hmm. there as well. Perfect. As well as some of the projects that we have going on, yeah, which are really exciting. So that's right. Lots to learn about research here at ORU. Thank you very much, Eric, for yeah. joining us today. And yeah. Thank you, Michael and Jenna. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right. We'll see you next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. To learn more about any of the topics discussed by our experts, visit www.orau.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn at O-R-A-U, and on Instagram at O-R-A-U Together.